We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. IB Nation, welcome to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. It's Wednesday. That means it is time for our midweek Notre Dame midweek rundown. Before we dive into the topics for today, just a couple business things that we need to got, kind of get into today. Number one, as, as I've said in the past, there are no mailbags on Wednesday. So a couple things you can do if you have a question that you want to get asked, you want to ask, you can throw a super chat in there and we will answer those. If you are someone who uh, wants to kind of dive into some questions, one thing I'm doing to kind of overcome not doing mailbags when I do solo shows, I'm going to do, be doing more solo shows in July, is I'm starting kind of a weekly Notre Dame football chat on the message boards of boards.irishbreakdown.com for all subscribers. And so you can ask questions. It's like six or seven pages long. I'm only on page like two right now and answering questions, but it's just something I'll do kind of throughout the week just to answer any questions that you might have about Notre Dame about recruiting, about college football, whatever the case may be. Uh, so that'll help make up for the fact that we're not going to have quite as many mailbags during the summer as we've had in the past. Another thing, CFB Nation. On July 1st, CFB Nation will no longer be, the shows from CFB Nation will no longer be found on the Irish Breakdown feed. This has been planned from day one. It was never meant to be a permanent thing. July 1st, we're going to move them off. So that means the Lucky Lefty show. That means the CFB All-America show. And it also means all the shows that I'm going to be doing this summer, uh, I'm going to start doing a, a college football season preview. I'm going to break down my top 25, go over our top 10 lists of certain positions, top quarterbacks, top offenses, top defenses, all those type of things. That's going to be a lot of fun. We'll make playoff predictions. We'll do all that kind of stuff on the CFB Nation channel. And we have a new show that's going to launch in July, something that we've been working on for about a year. As you all know, Brian Smith, who's been on our show at times throughout, really since we launched, has is, is been doing a lot of different things. He is going to launch a show covering Southeastern recruiting. So obviously he'll talk a lot about Florida recruiting, but he's going to talk about Georgia recruiting, Louisiana recruiting, uh, Mississippi, Alabama, all of that. It is going to be a national recruiting show. It's going to take on different forms throughout the year, obviously depending on what the topics are, but it's going to be focused on high school football recruiting. He's going to be doing some road shows this year where he's going to go to some of the top game, high school games in the Southeast. Right now we're working on that schedule. I think he's, he's going to be one of Deuce Knight's games, for example. I think he's going to be able to get up and catch uh, Isaiah Canyon at one point in time as well. So he's going to be doing that. 
and he's going to have that show on the CFB Nation channel, on the YouTube channel, and the podcast channel. So if you want access to all those shows in podcast form, you have to subscribe to the CFB Nation channel. Now, I'm going to put a link in the chat below where you can find the, you can go to either Apple or Spotify, whichever one that you're using, and you could subscribe to the CFB Nation channel. Do me a favor, hit that button right now, go subscribe to it. I promise you, you're going to love the stuff we're putting out. Just put a new show up today from the CFB All-America team. They talked about the difficulty of three-peating and how no team has three-peated since the AP poll in 1936. They talked about that's going to be the challenge for Georgia today. Went through some recent years where they've had some of those, uh, you know, some opportunities over the years. Nebraska and different programs have had those opportunities. Alabama in 2013 and kind of what happened to those teams. And that's the te- the test that, the task that Georgia has. And then they talked about since 2000, what are the best programs not to win a title? Not necessarily best teams in a year but best programs, and they start things off talking about Notre Dame. So you're going to want to check that out as well. So definitely going to want to, to, to make sure you're subscribed to the CFB Nation channel. We're going to talk about this a lot. Uh, we definitely want to check that out. So we're going to do more recruiting on there. I'm going to have some college football stuff. We've got Lucky Lefty on there. we got the guys from Sporting News that do the CFB All-America show. Lots of good college football stuff on that CFB Nation channel. So you definitely want to check that out. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperice.com. Now, today's show, we're going to talk about a couple different topics today. We're going to dive into breakout players from Notre Dame this year, my predictions for breakout players for 2023. I'm going to talk three guys on offense, three guys on defense that I think are going to break out this year. A breakout is several different things. Uh, breakout isn't always someone who's unknown that becomes known. Sometimes it's someone who's known that takes that big jump. So last year, Joe Walt had a breakout season. They say, how can he have a breakout season when he was – a freshman All-American and, and that type of thing, and then he's going to break out. Well, yeah, because he went from just a freshman All-American who started maybe half the year to one of the best tackles in football. It can be that type of jump. It can be a guy that maybe didn't play a ton that all of a sudden becomes a, an impact player or a really important player to the football team. It's 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 meant to be somebody that makes a big leap. And so we're going to talk about that. There's three guys that I have on both sides of the ball that are going to be breakout players for me. Then we're going to dive into sleepers. 
and and we're going to talk a little recruiting and and basically what it comes down to it's it's kind of looking at sleepers but it's really a breakdown and an explanation for you all of why I tend to be higher on this Notre Dame 2024 class than maybe some other people and why I think this Notre Dame 2024 class needs to finish right this isn't this isn't a preparing you for the class isn't going to be as good. They need to finish. We'll dive into that. Everybody knows if they don't finish strong, there's going to be criticisms to be had. But as it stands right now and looking forward, there are reasons why I'm very excited about where this football team is headed from a recruiting standpoint in a lot of different positions. And there's two guys above all on both sides of the ball that to me sort of define for why I'm excited about this class and what I think this class is capable of. So we'll, we'll break down each of those guys and why I think they are people that the Notre Dame fan base should be very excited about. Some will be easy for, I mean, Kedron Young's one, we'll get into some others, but there's some others that I, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go out on a limb and, and, and put my uh, reputation on the line about their breakout. So we'll dive into that a little bit as well. So let's begin with our breakout players. And this is one of the fun topics that I love to discuss every year. You, you, And you see it every year, right? You see these players that come out of college football. It's not just Notre Dame. It's one of my fun topics to discuss for all teams. And you just get these guys that, and some of them we know about, right? Like nobody was surprised that that Bryce Young broke out in 2021, right? I mean, we anticipated that. He was an elite player, big time player coming out of modern day. We all expected that, right? And, and and then there's guys that kind of come out of nowhere, guys that we are, you know, saw play, but you know, did you really see that coming? You you think of uh, obviously Mac Jones in recent years, Joe Burrow going from just an okay starter in 2018 to one of the all-time best seasons in 2019, and then there's other variations of it, right? You see guys that that maybe we didn't know a lot about that became really important players, even if they weren't elite players, just very important players to a football team. And, and just playing very key roles and what a team is going to do. And and that's something important that every team needs. You need those guys that, that kind of break out, guys that maybe you weren't sure of, got to replace starters. Maybe you didn't get an opportunity to play. Some guys just, just get better. And when you think of of Notre Dame over the years, we've, we've seen guys like that, right? I mean, you look at the 2012 season for Notre Dame, you know, Everett Golson steps up and, and really plays well that season. You saw other guys really take their games to another level. I thought TJ Jones had a really nice breakout season that year for Notre Dame uh, on the defensive, on the offensive side of the ball. You know, Bennett Jackson, I thought, had a really excellent season kind of coming out and becoming the top cornerback for Notre Dame that year. We saw uh, Capron Lewis Moore really raise his level of play. Danny Spawn kind of broke out and. You see guys like that all the time. And, and those are the guys that we're going to we're going to dive into today and have a little fun talking about today. And. So for me, as I said at the beginning, breakout can mean a lot of different things. But the guys that I'm going to talk about today are guys that I do think are players capable of having really big breakouts. So I'm not going to do as many because of the nature of this team, as many of the, you know, Jaden Thomas type breakout from last year. So I counted last year as a a sort of a breakout season for Jaden Thomas. Went from no catches to a pretty good football player. Numbers weren't phenomenal. That's a certain tar- breakout, but not like an explosion breakout. I'm going to really focus today on guys that I think are going to have really big breakout seasons for Notre Dame, and we're going to start on offense. So when you look at the offensive side of the ball, it really there's three guys, and I'm going to kind of go inside out on this one, sort of I should say front to back, then out. 
My first one on offense is going to be Blake Fisher. Now, this is an interesting one for me because I'm I'm probably I'm probably the most cautious about this one. At times, I have really felt like okay, this is going to be a kid that is going to be on this progression to be a really really good football player. And so far, Blake has done that in a lot of ways. I mean, Blake came in as a freshman earned a starting job as a, as a true freshman starts at left tackle gets hurt in game one comes back to the bowl game at right tackle plays good football and he was he was solid last year for a true sophomore I, I guess I when I look at Blake part of the part of the optimism comes from the fact that there's a lot of talent there right I mean this is a big kid he's got good athleticism for a size he's got good natural power for a size he's a he's a worker he's got a great attitude he's a great team player. There's a lot to like about Blake Fisher. So then the concerns I have for Blake when when you dive into his game is, you know, number one, just the general, can he take that big step, right? Is he going to put in the work to become the the technical player? Is he going to play with a little bit more oomph that you want from him where he kind of came off last year? You could tell he was still learning and thinking, and he would kind of come off and just body position and then drive. You know, is he going to come off and then just boom, just deliver force, just really drive guys off the ball? That's the step that I want to see from him. And then just consistency from week to week and then snap to snap. Those are all things he has to prove. And that's all part of a breakout season. But the other concern I have for Blake is I'm going to be very curious to see what his weight is going into the season. Obviously, Blake in high school was was too big. And we've talked about this before. He just was a young kid had a lot of baby fat. It's 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 it was nothing unexpected, nothing that to be concerned about. Just a typical young man that's really just grown up and developing his body. Then you get into situations where you come into college and the expectations are that you're going to, you know, kind of kind of take that jump as a player and. Once you you know you lose weight and you and you 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 get down and and all those type of things and you you get your body in the right position and you're going to take that big jump. Well, sometimes guys can do that and I, and they can lose too much weight. And we saw Blake in the spring, and it's not so much the three ten that bothered me. I mean, there's a lot of powerful, great three hundred ten pound players. But you know, we talk about you know you don't want to get too big. Well, sometimes they can get too light. And when I saw Blake this spring, it wasn't the 310 so much that bothered me as it was. He just looked thin. He didn't look like he got down to 310 and he, you know, big muscles and, and barrel chested and all that. He just looked like he had lost a little too much weight. What I was told at the time was they were trying to get some of that bad weight off of him and then put it back on. And that was the goal. That was the objective that they were trying to accomplish with Blake was to, was to, to go, come out and, and do that and, and get that weight back on him in that regard. So, and that sounds great, but we need to see it. And and that's a little bit of a concern that I have for this season is can Blake Fisher kind of, can he go out and get that down to that 310 and then add on another five to eight, 10 pounds, get back up the 315 to 320, add a little bit more good mass in the upper body and then take his game to that next level. That's a bit of a concern that I have for Blake. And, and that's one of the things that to me could is, is probably the thing I'm most concerned about in regard to will he break out this season is that. So those are the things that, that are right now a bit of the, the stumbling block between Blake from where he was as a sophomore in 2022 to where he can be 
as a junior in 2023. And you're starting to see there's a, there's some national love for Blake. You see people uh, in the national magazines talking about Blake being a possible first-round draft pick, an All-American caliber player, and that's all great, and he certainly has that ability. There's no doubt about it that Blake Fisher has that ability. Can he take that step? But more practically for Notre Dame, a, a breakout from B- Blake Fisher is going to make this offensive line very good. Yes, you need inside guys to step up and play well and all those type of things. But where, where it really comes down to, and this is something that Lou Samoji had, had told me when I worked with him, is Joe Moore's philosophy on building an offensive line was always you, you, you figure out the tackles first. You go tackles, center, then guards. And I still believe that to be true. That's something that Coach Eastan believed in as well. I don't know if it was ever voiced or expressed, at least not to me. But you could just follow the way he built his lines, and you could see it was very important to him that the tackle positions be solidified first. So then you kind of get into this this season, and you've got Joe Walt, you've got Blake Fisher. If Blake makes that jump, then Notre Dame, hands down, has the best tackle tandem in college football. And I think that would be incredibly important and really big for Notre Dame when it comes to putting an offensive line together that can dominate in the run game, but also give Sam Hartman the time to be the player that we think that he can be. So that's something I'm looking for from Blake Fisher. And I think the other, the, the, the other part of it is obviously we talk a lot about the, the pass game and protecting Sam Hartman and, and those different aspects of it. But it also comes down to, I want to see, I need to see Blake be more forceful in the run game. That's the part of his game more than anything else that I think he has the most potential at. I think he can be a tremendous run blocker. We have seen him be a solid run blocker most of the time with the typical sophomore technical things that can get you beat from time to time. And then at times a really good run blocker. We need to see Blake be that dominant guy more consistently. And it really comes down to him just playing, using his size, throwing his weight around, using his strength, and just playing with that oomph that I talked about earlier. We don't always see Blake do that. I think being more experienced is going to help him do that. And so my prediction is that Blake is going to get some of that strength back, get some of that weight back on, come out this year and be a really dominant player. And I think we're going to see it early. I think against Navy and Tennessee State, you're going to see him really come out right away and and be a force in the run game. And by the end of the season, there's going to be this conversation of, I mean, who, who can challenge Notre Dame for the best tackle tandem in college football? And I think Blake Fisher is going to have a big say. in in making that happen. Next one for me is Audric Estime. Now, some of you might say, okay, well, Audric Estime, hold on a second. He had 920 yards last year, rushed for 11 touchdowns. What kind of breakout is he going to have? This one's a little bit different. I don't think Audric's going to have a monster jump in production. I think he, I I predict sort of a 1200 or 11 to 1200 yard season. Uh, minimum, maybe he gets up to 13. I've got some questions about the work volume to get there. But when I look at Audric Estime, it's more so about the perception. I really think he's going to have a breakout in perception. And then that's going to obviously help the reasons that that breakout perception comes nationally is going to be a big thing that's going to help this Notre Dame offense. And I'll be honest with you, as I look through the preseason magazines and I read top 10 lists of running backs, I literally expected when I open those every time to see Audric Estime in that top five to eight running backs returning in college football, I really did. I just, I just assumed that was going to be the case. Well, you know what happens when you assume 
and I start reading these, and, and and I don't know if there was a single one where Audrey Estime was ranked as a top ten running back coming back in college football. And and mm-hmm. I, I actually I, I got my I got my my Athlon right here. Let's see where Athlon had him. I know that they had him ranked at some point. I've seen stuff about the backfields have been ranked high, but not Audric Estimate ranked as high as, as you'd think he would. So when you go to the unit rankings, which are right here, there's love for the Notre Dame backfield. But when it comes to the position players, let me get to this here real quick, folks. It takes – actually, though, Athlon doesn't do it. It's Lindy's that does that. Excuse me. So Lindy's has their, their player rankings, and so does Phil Steele. We'll show those here in a second. But when I pulled up the Lindy's rankings and I go to running backs, I'm fully expecting to see Audric Estime. And I go through the list and I say, okay, in the top 10, don't see him there. Okay, number 14, really? And I look at some of the guys ahead of him and I just kind of look at him like, boy, I don't understand that one. You know, like Frank Gore ahead of him? Like, okay, I don't, I don't quite understand that one. You know, some of the players ahead of him are good football players, but it's kind of like, why are they getting that love? And he is not. And so... I said, okay, well, well, we'll see something a little bit better in some of the other ones. And then you just, you don't, you don't see it. You don't see those rankings make the jumps that you expect them to make. And you don't see all of it. It's so consistently just outside the top 10. Pro football focus comes out with theirs. Audric's not in the top 10. And you're thinking, well, this is a 220 plus pound back who averaged 5.9 yards per carry, had 11 touchdowns and, and in his first year in production. And he was made some plays in the past game. He was developed into a quality run blocker. And it just kind of makes me wonder, but what am I missing? Or what are they missing? And so I think that's going to change this year with Audrick Estime. I think he's going to come out this year. I think he's going to be over 1,000 yards. He's going to be over 10 touchdowns again, just like he was last year. I, I would predict he makes somewhere between 15 and 20 catches out of the backfield, you know, check downs and screens and things like that, where he can then go make some plays, just like we saw last year. And the tools are certainly there. I think what, what impresses me, somebody asked me for a comp, and I think this, I don't know if this was on the show or if this was on the message board, but somebody asked me for a comp to Audric Estime, and I and I went with Ron Dane, and, and I, I went back and watched some Ron Dane film. I'm like, yep, that, that is, that's where I'm at with him. Because you, when you look at Ron Dane, you see this big guy that doesn't look fast, but he makes big runs. He's got great feet for a big guy. And I think Audric's got a little bit more juice than Ron Dane does. Now, he doesn't have, the 30 extra pounds that Ron Dane had. And so obviously there's, there are some differences in that regard, but I really like Audric. I'm surprised that he hasn't gotten more national attention. And I think by the the time the season's over with, I believe we're going to look at him as one of the five to eight best running backs in college football. I think that's the breakout that I'm looking at. And he's going to be a name that a lot more people are talking about when we get to the end of the season. Now here's the concern. And I'm going to do this with every player. What's keeping him from getting to that level? The fumbles aren't what concerns me. I think Audric showed once he got out of that problem, he it didn't it didn't rear its ugly head. So he got benched against UNLV, and we just didn't see him put the ball on the ground anymore the rest of the season. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's only a kick. 
a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. So I don't think that's going to be something I'm concerned about. Obviously, if it happens again, that's a problem. But I, I feel like he got through that problem after after the UNLV game, came out against Syracuse, played great, and was just a different kid the rest of the year. I still have questions about his ability to be the workhorse. And I know some of you may be like, hold on a second. This is like a 225-pound kid that's very strong. I get that. But what I saw last year at times with Audric is he seemed to wear down a little bit. Like he, I don't know if he's very high strung. I don't know if it, if it's uh, an issue with a medical issue. If you know the history of, of what happened to his mom and different things along those lines. And, and you just wonder, can he be a, a 40 plus snap per game guy? Because if Audric is going to have the jump in production next year, he's going to have to have a jump in in volume from a product from a, 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 a the standpoint of, of snaps and the, and the standpoint of of being able to go out there and 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 play from a more volume standout standpoint. If you look at last season, for example, uh, you know Audric went through the season and he never had. I'm looking at it now. He had a total of 434 snaps last year. Right, so I'm going to go on offense and just pull up here real quick. He had, excuse me, he had 372 snaps last season, and his highest snap total came in the bowl game against South Carolina, and he had 40. And then, other than that, early in the season, he was you know 30, 21, 31, 39, 38, 28, 22, 13, 35, 27, 27, 30, and 21. Now, if he's part of a one-two combination like he was last year, this won't be a problem. But even then, you're not going to have a tr- – it won't – let me rephrase. It won't be a problem from the standpoint of the offense is still really good. Let's just say Jadarian Price – and you can pick another back, but I'm just going to go with Jadarian. Let's say Jadarian's ready to go in game one, and he's ready to be like that number two back, that really good football player. And he's able to step up and 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 carry a lot of the load that Notre Dame lost last year from Logan Diggs and Chris Tyree. Because this is what a lot of people forget is we think of, yeah, you've got to replace 165 snaps by Logan Diggs. But you're going to need to replace at least half of the snaps from Chris Tyree of, of or carries from Chris Tyree and 100 carries last year. Now, I say at least half because I think Chris Tyree is going to still get some carries. I think he's going to get some carries on jet sweeps and shovels and you know, things along those lines, you'll probably throw more screens to him, which to me are, are extensions of the run game. So some of those things will get taken in those areas. And some of the carries will be taken from the pass game, RPOs and things along those lines. But when you look at it last year and you look at the the sort of the production that that Logan did or that uh, Audric had from a snap standpoint, you got to ask yourself how much of what Logan Diggs did can Audric take over? And and now Logan didn't have a, a ton of snaps last year either. His most was 42 against UNLV. He was 11, 19, 22, 27, 23, 42, 26, 24, 22, 23, 27, 28. Then you look at Chris Tyree and where he was last year. 
And uh, his his snap production, 24, 35, 35, 39, 29, 20, 22, 23, 19, 12, 19, 11, and 21. So you're talking about like 35 to 45 snap, 40 snaps per game that those other two backs had. How much of that is Audrick going to be able to take on? That's my question without wearing down, wearing down in games and then wearing down in November. And what's the balance from the Notre Dame coaching staff that you need to strike with Audrick to say, okay, he was here. We need to raise that volume. He needs to be here, but we're not going to go past that mark, uh, at least not in most games, because then you start to get that that point of negative returns. What is the point of negative returns for Audrick Estimate? I don't know the answer to that, and I don't know that the Notre Dame coaching staff does. And so that is the one thing to me that could keep Audrick from having the national breakout that I'm talking about. Now, is he going to still be very good? Yeah, he'll still be very good. But production like last year is great for the offense, especially if if Janarian Price and Jabron Payne and Devin Ford and Jeremiah Love can also see you know a build on the production that we saw from Logan Diggs and Chris Tyree last year, two guys that combined for 1,260 yards last season. So Audric hopefully takes some of that, but then the other netbacks need to take some of that. And, and so those are the questions that I have for Audric. But if he breaks out, if if my prediction for him being a breakout player is true, it does several things for the offense. Number one, it gives you that sort of that, that running back that in every situation you know, hey, we can give this guy the football and he can he can make yards. He's a very physical runner. He's got good vision. He's got good feet. He's hard to bring down. I was watching some of the Ohio State game the other day, and there were several times where Ohio State got penetration and kind of knocked Lyman back into Audric, or they would hit him behind the line, and he would just kind of keep going forward. And then you fast forward to the South Carolina game, and there was that play late in the game where the the, the they hit him like two, three yards in the backfield, and he just keeps bowling forward and ends up turning like a three, four-yard gain. He brings a lot of that, and, and Audric is a very efficient runner. And Notre Dame's run game needs to be more efficient this year. You're talking about a guy that averaged 5.9 yards per carry last year, which is significantly better than anything Kyron Williams did. Kyron Williams the year before, as a 1,000-yard rusher, was 4.9 yards per carry. Kyron's best year was 5.3. Tony Jones was 5.95 in 2018. Dexter Williams was 6.3. Josh Adams was 6.9. Josh Adams in 17, he was 5.9 in 16. He was... 7.2 7.2 and, and 15. CJ Prosize was at 6.6. Those are the numbers where you want to be. And then in previous years, when Notre Dame's run game wasn't as good, it was 5.1 for the leading ball carrier, 5, 4.6, 4.8, 5.1. You want to see Audric be in that six plus yards per carry average this year. If he repeats 5.9 again, I'm good with that as long as he can still remain that efficient back. But I think what you're going to see is with the improved pass game, Notre Dame's still going to run a lot of 11 and 12 or 12 and 13 personnel, but I think we're going to see even more 11 personnel this year where it's going to spread the field and run more RPOs and create those opportunities for Audrick Estime. I have a part of my interview with Marcus Freeman talked about going out and expanding the pass game and especially RPOs. And he explains why that's important. And I'll have that later today, but the whole time he's talking, coach Freeman's talking to me about RPOs. And I'm just thinking, man, you getting guys out of the box against Audrick Estime, you starting to get those safeties peeking over top to help protect, you know, to to Tobias or Chris Tyree or Jaden Thomas or Deion Colsey or whoever, boy, that's going to open up some big opportunities for Audrick Estime to really hammer people you start getting a little fired up about it. So I think that's something that's going to help him as well. But it also gives you a guy that 
if he breaks out, take some of that pressure off the younger players. And I think that's very important as well. We don't need Jadarian Price to come out and replace all of Logan Diggs's production, or you don't need those backs to get to the 1,200 yards to replace that production from last year. Audric takes a chunk of that. You know, let's say he gets to 1,300 or so yards. Now, all of a sudden, those guys only need to get eight, 900, you know, t- uh, yards next season. So those are aspects of it that I'm looking for as well. Breakout number three. This one's an easy one. It's Tobias Merriweather. I mean, we've talked about him all of last season, all off season. He's a guy that I see as being a breakout. Now, what degree of the breakout? That's the question. Because if Audric, if Tobias goes from one catch for 41 yards to 35 catches for 500 yards, that's a breakout. That's a huge jump in production. But does he just do that? Does he go 30 for 500 or does he go 50 for seven or 800? Does he go 50 for 900? Does he go 60 for a thousand? What's that number that we're going to see from him, from Tobias? I think that's the bigger question. I think we all expect Tobias to break out. The question is, what is the degree? Is it going to be a Jaden Thomas type breakout or is he going to have the breakout that we've seen from past in their name receivers? And, and I've talked about this kind of chuckle when people say, well, yeah, you know, you're just not going to see a guy go from one catch to a bunch. And I'm like, well, we have. You know, we saw Golden Tate go from six catches uh, in for 130 yards to uh, 58 catches for 1,080 the next year with 10, 10 plus touchdowns. We saw Will Fuller go from 60 for 161, six catches for 161 to seven, like, was it like 76 catches for 1,000, like 94 yards the next year, 15 touchdowns. And then we saw Equinemia St. Brown go from one catch in 2015 for eight yards to I think it was 59 catches for 960 something yards and nine touchdowns in only 12 games the next year so to me the the equanimity St. Brown number is the more realistic target for me for Tobias somewhere you know around there maybe it's 850 whatever I think the ball is going to be spread around a lot this year but if if Tobias can be a 750 plus guy that's the kind of breakout that's going to have a big impact for the Notre Dame offense this year. And, and if he can be that kind of player, it's going to help the run game. It's going to help the tight ends. It's, I mean, Jaden Thomas is still going to get his, right? Chris Tyree's going to get his touches. I, you know, who's, it, but where's Jaden going to play? Is he going to be in the boundary where Dion's coming off the bench? Is Dion the guy in the boundary? And then Jaden is sort of the rotation player there and he rotates everywhere. Does Jaden Greathouse play a ton? There's going to be a lot of questions about that. But the one thing we know, is that field position, which Notre Dame uh, calls the Z now. It used to be the X, now it's the Z. That, we expect, is going to be Tobias Merriweather. And that's one of the reasons that Lorenzo Styles transferred, because he just flat out got outplayed now and beat out by, by Tobias Merriweather. But can he take it into game days? That's the question. Some of the things I've heard about, about Tobias in practice and in one-on-ones, and it's just, man, he is hard to defend. But we've seen guys like that in the past that are great in those periods and great in practice, and then we get to Saturday and they just don't play with the same speed. With with Tobias, I want to see a guy that plays with greater urgency. I saw him last year as a true freshman breaking down his film recently. You know, again, telegraphing routes off the line, not so much. So, what does that mean for a receiver? It means I'm coming off slower. I'm not really ripping off. I'm not having the long strides and I'm kind of telegraphing that, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to stem you so I can do something as opposed to just threaten every snap looking like I'm just, 
coming off the line and 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 ripping you up and and, and attacking you and trying to get over the top of you, then breaking off a route. That's to me something that was a big coaching point for me, and I learned this from uh, studying Curtis Johnson when he was at Miami back in the day with with those great receivers they had. Is if you're running a stop route, make it look like a go route. If you're running a post route, make it look like a go route. If you're running a comeback and out, whatever, make it look like a go route coming off the line. Then when you eat up that cushion, then you can get into your to to your leans or your top ends and all those other type of things. And and so um, when I when I look at those aspects of it, I you start to get fired up about okay if he can do that he can he can be a really good football player for Notre Dame and you start getting really excited about what he can do. So if he, what are the concerns, right? The concerns are he's got to prove he can do it on Saturdays. That's number one. He's got to get stronger. That's the other part. And then he's got to be more consistent. Look, you know, part of the reason freshmen don't play is because coaches don't want to take a chance of a guy making mistakes and freshmen are going to make mistakes. And Tobias was no different than all other freshmen. Now he should have played more. I don't buy that excuse. I think you figure out what he does well and you get him out there. So that's not to condone him not playing more last year. And simply to say that that's a reality of being a freshman. Now that he's in year two, he's got to come out and he's got to be a better football player. He's got to be more productive football player. And that's what we're going to have to see from him this year. And if he can do that, this offense is going to be very good. If you can, because you, 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 again, you know that the tight end position is going to produce. You know that Jaden Thomas is going to get his. If you can then throw Tobias Merriweather in there as an impact type player, this offense is going to be a lot of fun. And I think he's going to be a favorite of Sam Hartman, and we're going to be loving what we're going to see from this offense in 2023. And Tobias is going to be a big part of that. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.